It's a lie. And we are back, guys. We are back, guys. Welcome to Rankable episode 46. And we are back. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, senior account executive at iPool Rank. And I have a special guest, our very in house um, demand marketing manager, Garrett Sussman. What's up, brother? Thank you Yo, for joining me. I'm man? so happy to be here. I, I am so in house. I am so in house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be anymore in house. No, this is awesome. Like I've been waiting for this. Like we you took a little break. Season three is back, and I've been a big fan of the show for a while. And it's it's cool to be on this side of things and and seeing you know under the hood of Ipool Rank joining like the awesome crew. Uh, thank you for having me. No, thank you, brother. It's been it's been a it's been a great to work with you, man. You're a great person, man. Smart marketer, brother. And I'm glad to have you so you can share some insights with the audience. And uh, we're gonna have some fun today, man. But um, just want to say thank you again too for everybody who's been listening. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the views, the comments. I can't believe we're on season three. I remember when it was just an idea. We were drinking blue moons, thinking about it. So, <laughs> so for everybody who's just been following, man, thank you so much. We've got a lot in store for you guys. We've got some great guests coming up this month specific, uh, specifically. Um, and we're going to do what we always do. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about marketing insights. We're going to learn about people's journeys. And we're just going to learn together and hopefully grow. And hopefully guys can you know implement some things that we talk about from some of the leaders we speak with. And and make it happen and you know improve your day to day. But uh I'd love to talk to you, man, about, about some marketing, man. Let's talk about demand gen, man. So I'm curious to hear from you, man. Let's talk about your journey. So as far as you coming to iPool rank, like why what made you fall in love with marketing? It's really interesting. So this is my first time in agency world, right? So mm-hmm. I originally got into marketing through startup land. I was like, I was Mm. living on, on the East coast. I was like, you know what? I love what's going out in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. I love all these cool little startups that are coming up out of nowhere that are doing really interesting things, have these great cultures. So I'm out there. I started in customer support, working for a graphic design uh, startup called 99 designs. And it was interesting. I had the choice, right? So I was mm-hmm. like, I could either go the route of product and work on developing this this software, this this marketplace, or yeah. go marketing. And marketing always like attracted me because it's this this aspect of creativity, but it's also this aspect of connection, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's such a big marketing community out there, and I love talking to customers. I love being able to attract people and and get these messages out there marketing is complicated as all hell um (laughs) but yeah so that was my initial foray into it and then uh eventually moved back to the east coast worked for another startup being you doing all marketing and then uh recently i you know i i met mike on uh on a podcast you know last year and have always enjoyed you know what he does in our world. And I was like, I got really into tech SEO. I thought it was really cool what he was doing with tech SEO. And so I was like, I want to, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that agency. They're doing cool stuff. And then obviously saw your show being a podcast host myself and was really familiar with these conversations that you were having with really interesting people. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's funny that you said that, man, I, I would love to hear from you too, man. Like from your perspective, what are the challenges of doing, a product, you know, do product marketing versus coming on in-house to an agency? Like what are some of the challenges in both of those roles, right? And what's helped you excel so far? 
Yeah, I mean, th there's so much jargon in marketing. It's so yeah. easy for us to make fun of ourselves and yeah. say, like, <laughs> what are your KPIs? You know, like, yeah. what are your key performance indicators? But what does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> right, right, and and, and also like it changes so much. Like, you know, with HubSpot the last few years, there's this whole idea of inbound yeah. marketing of generating really interesting, educational, entertaining content that draws people towards you versus, yeah. you know, the outbound like billboards and TV commercials and talking at people. Yes. And so, you know, I feel like the difference between working at a software, like a SaaS company, software as yeah. a service versus an agency is the goals feel different. Yeah. So when I'm marketing um, for the, the software companies I've been working at in the past, I'm trying to get people to sign up for a free trial and test yeah. out the product. I'm trying to get them to sign up for a demo of the product. With the agency, it's really like we can do some killer stuff for you. We can do a lot of really yeah. interesting things. I want to connect you to my boy, Jared. Like I want yeah. you to schedule a call. And so – the biggest thing I think in, is the difference in volume yeah. of how many like like leads you know that yeah. that we have. So you know, with with a lot of the SaaS companies I've worked at, it's just pump in as many leads from paid from organic. From here, it's really targeting on the quality of the conversations, and yeah. you know, that kind of is all about the conversations you and I have. Is like. Absolutely. Am I helping to deliver the right people, the right types of clients that we, you know, want to work with that are ideal for us and ideal for them to you? Yeah. And, and you actually, you hit on a, a million dollar point there, right? A lot of, that's the problem with a lot of B2B brands, right? And just brands in general, right? I think with the agency model, at least that we have here, there's a lot of room for creativity. We kind of could, we have a blank canvas and we could be as creative as we want in order to hit our ICP. But like with, with most SaaS platforms and most B2B brands, they stick to the same formula in the same format. It's like, hey, just bring in leads, bring in leads, bring in leads, right? And sitting on the sales side of some of those organizations, I know what that means, right? It's not a lot of quality. It's a lot of just, pump and dump leads is like people who we don't know where they are in the buying process. We don't know if they're top funnel, middle funnel, low funnel. It's just the same process, rinse and repeat. And then that's not sustainable. This is not sustainable, right? It's the same thing. Right, we're going to do ABM campaigns. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's just kind of like there needs to be more collaboration in sales and marketing. For anybody that's listening right now, there is going to be a shift, right? Marketers are going to have to do more sales and sales are going to have to do more marketing. And if you're not looking at the shift now as it's happening right now in your face, you have to get in tune with it, right? Branding is more important than ever. Being out there, being yourself is more important than ever, right? There's a level of connectivity that you have with somebody, especially when you're doing video or text posts, you're telling your story as opposed to you selling, I mean, sending a cold call email, right? And then when you send a cold call email and when nobody responds, think about what that does to your brand personally. You go to another company, would you be able to send that same person an email? What if they sent your emails across the company and they're laughing at you, right? They're going to be like, that's the guy that had the crappy email. Like all that stuff matters, right? All of those things matter. So you have to be thinking about what ways can I get in tune with my customers? And it's all yeah. about branding content. It's king, man. And what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like what kind of collaboration have you seen between marketing and sales teams? And what are some of the things that you're like, damn, why are we doing this? <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it's people, right? It's, yeah. it's you know, both... The, the difference between sales and marketing is I feel like with sales, a lot of times you're, you as a person are trying to develop a relationship 
with the prospect, with the client. Like yeah. they need to be able to trust you. They need to be able to touch, yeah. trust Mike. They need to be able to trust yeah. everyone. Like all Absolutely. the people that we work with, Sarah and Chantel, like the whole team. Yeah, I think with marketing, a lot of it is because it's kind of sales at scale. You want them to trust the brand. Um, you know, we, we see these instances and, and, and I do this and we're doing this more and more with our team where, you know, marketers try to be ambassadors as well as the sales team, yeah. where we try to get our faces out there and put, you know, the, the face to the brand. So there's that much more trust, but so much of marketing, the most effective that I've seen is through collaborations. It's Absolutely. with collaborating with other brands, collaborating yep. with other organizations like media publications, and then yep. internally collaborating with your interdepartments, with sales, with the accounts. Like we've got a meeting later today with, you know, the account managers and the account executives and marketing. And, and I look forward to those because that's when a lot of ideas come together. That's where we figure out yep. what's working, what's not. The conversations that you and I have had yep. have been so important in terms of, helping the company and making sure that that we're on the same play, page because we're on the same same team we talk we talk basketball all the time we we really are like, same team like you are yeah. you're the campbell walker to my uh to my to my randall yeah that okay. i'm a sixers fan i can't talk next so. <laughs> no but, but but you're right man and that's the alignment between sales and marketing is ever important. Our goals are aligned, right? If I hit my number, then you hit your number, and then we're all living good. We're all we're all making money. We're all doing our thing, right? But too often is that we just sit in a, we just sit in this box, right? As far as sales, from what I hear from people, and I had somebody ask me this question. I'll go into that too, right? And I'll help help the salespeople, right? I had somebody ask me the other day, what is the difference between selling a SaaS platform versus selling in an agency? And I thought that was really a really good question. And it all leads back to the same thing is relationship. You can't have fake relationships. When you're in a SaaS platform, you got to understand the problem, understand the stakeholder, understand how this platform and product is going to change their day to day, right? What keeps them up at night? What is the real problem? What is the ROI behind it, right? If you understand those things, then you could just easily go into the product demonstration. You go, you one, two, three. This is what the functionality looks like. This is how you can scale it across your teams. These are the things you can do, right? With an agency, your discovery and your relationship has to be so much stronger because there's so many different avenues we can go, right? We could be talking about social media campaigns. We could be talking about NL, NLG or NL, you know, natural language generation use cases we'd be talking about that we've done for automotive brands and others. We could be talking about cross-channel cross marketing campaigns. It's like, you have to you have to check all the boxes, right? And the only yeah. way some, somebody's gonna allow you to check those boxes, if you have to be honest, you have to be upfront, you have to really give a damn. People could tell if you're just selling them. Yes, oh, 100%, and I think where, it starts to become aligned where you do see some overlap between SaaS and agencies is yeah. the price point. Yes. Right. Yes, like yes. if it's, if you're going to be spending money and this is with like anything in life, if you're going to be dropping some serious budget, that's when you need to talk to people. Like if I'm yes. going to go to like, you know, Harry razors, I want to buy some razors, you know, for 10 bucks a pop, then yep. I, I don't need to talk to a salesperson to find, I mean, obviously bad example. I don't yeah. use razors. <laughs> that said, <laughs> you know, with SaaS products with like, there's so many like DIYs or self-service where it's like, you know, if the product and the onboarding is well designed, you don't need to talk to anyone. But as you start spending more and more money, and this is, obviously the case with the agency side because it's always going to be a big ticket service yeah. um 
you need to be talking to people before you can make that investment and that commitment. And while yeah. you're obviously wanting to invest in the service and the results, you're yeah. also investing in the people. You hit the nail on the head, man. You hit the nail on the head, man. The goal between sales and marketing and the alignment is we should be talking to our customers way earlier in the buying process, right? That's just what it is, man. Content allows that. And, and I, I talk about this. I don't know if anybody's heard this, but when I first came in here to iPool Rank, I thought about frictionless sales. And what does that mean, guys? It means that we need to be having content that's swaying the decision maker way before I even get on the phone, right? How do you know how are we aligned, right? How do I know your problem, right? Am I credible? Am I doing all those things, right, to earn your business? All those things are valuable, guys. All those things are super valuable and you have to get in there way before the process. You have to understand what they're looking for and you have to do it. And content is king. If you're thinking back in the 96 or 06 playbook and you're thinking that a thousand sale, I mean, thousand cold emails is going to beat a relationship that's genuine. You are out of your mind. Yeah. You are out of oh. your mind, guys. 100%. And if you think about going back to what we're saying about the content and king and, and where you kind of meet people, you think about things like this podcast or Mike going to conferences or writing a killer blog post that yeah. people, you know, find really interesting. And it, it's partially brand reputation. It's partially thought leadership. It's partially seeing who you're working with. Like video is yeah. the best thing yeah. for salespeople ever because it needs to be. they get to see, I mean, I'm sure you're, and so it's funny too, because we've talked about this before with our social networks. Like I'm a Twitter guy, you're a LinkedIn guy. Yeah. I, I obviously need to get link on LinkedIn more, but you understand that network and the communication between, you know, the, the private message, the using video, using live stream, you know, putting yourself out there in terms of commenting and participating in the community. That's all content, right? Everything is content. Everything is content. And the reason why, the only reason I'm on LinkedIn and why I love LinkedIn so much is because of the reach. So I've been saying this so long, you know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm on all those platforms, but you know what? I get four times, four X the amount of reach that I get on any platform on LinkedIn is because only 2% of the people post. Out of 678 million people, there's only 2% that post consistently every single day. So you're literally getting free real estate on the busiest highway on the professional road. <laughs> Are you serious? That's nuts. Is it, do you think that's going to change? Or do you think like the people like yourself who are taking advantage of like the LinkedIn ecosystem now are just going to be able to continue to do that and nobody yeah. will be the wiser? I think, I think people are getting hip to it. Mm. People, people are going to get hip to it. It's going to get to a point where say if another pandemic hits, right? And why I took social media so seriously and why we started the podcast, right? Once once things happen with the with the pandemic, I'm sending cold emails out and they're bouncing back. The reason why is the database couldn't keep up with the demand. They couldn't know if people were furloughed, fired, whatever the case may be. So I'm getting bounced back emails and I can't get in touch with anybody, but everybody's on social, right? It doesn't matter where you are, I can get in touch with you. So that was the reason why we made that shift into social. And I think more people are starting to see the power of brand, right? Right. There's no reason why, you know, just look at me as an example. Right. I, I don't know a lot of these people that I've worked um, that I've had on the show. We've developed those relationships. Right. And for instance, CEO um, James Lindsay of Rap Snacks on the show, he said, man, I only did this because I looked you up. If you weren't consistent every day, I wouldn't mess with you at all. Right. And that's the power of it. Right. Just being consistent. Even if you don't like a post, man, people see it. People like it. People engage with it. People like the fact that you're being yourself, right? The problem with LinkedIn is everybody wants to be buttoned up. 
You have to be yeah. a certain way. I have to look a certain way. My beard has to be touched up. I have, oh, <laughs> hell no, never. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. And so when you see somebody like myself, I look at the I look at the feed. I do a content audit almost weekly. What, what's on there? What's going on? What's popping off on there? Like, what's what are people liking? What are people gravitating to? There's not one person on LinkedIn that has a hoodie and a hat on. Hmm. Not one person. And that from a branded perspective, if you're scrolling, you're like, who the hell is this dude? And now if you listen to my stuff and I actually know what the hell I'm talking about, it's going to be, whoa, I changed your perspective of what you might have thought would have happened. I changed your perspective of me. And now we have a connection. <laughs> she, she, and, and I love it. And, and obviously you're always trying to adapt, trying to like up your game. It, you know, it's like like being an athlete. It's it's like you're always trying to get better at your craft. Have to. Yeah. How how do you approach like LinkedIn? Like are you do you find yourself like like in the shower being like, oh damn, that'd be a good post. Or like, oh I, I gotta I try that. I I <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Once you get you're gonna get bit by the bug. And the bug mm -hmm. for me was when I got shared by the LinkedIn news editors, right? So I made wow. a post about something. It was like the retail apocalypse. It has nothing to do with our industry. It has nothing to do with our business. I'm just like, man, if you guys don't see that everything's going to be digital and transforming and malls are going to be antiquated, then they shared it. Next thing you know, I've got 30,000 views in four hours. Once I saw that, I'm like, Psh. I said, oh, hell no. If I can do this <laughs> off of that. So I was, it, what happened was I was shooting for that every day. <laughs> every day, whatever topic came up. I was just trying to, you know, hopefully get shared by the LinkedIn editors. But what really was for me was just trial and error, right? What I noticed is when I really tried to make a, a, a post that had tremendous value in it, that I was trying to be the thought leader, it didn't work. But when I literally just pulled out my phone and I'm just like, man, I just feel like saying this, man. And I just type it, typos and all, it flies. Because people want that authenticity. Like I can tell when it's, a, when it's a CT. I can tell when it's a call to action. I can tell when you want me to do something. Marketers are smart, man. We're all smart. We, we get it. We do this to each other all day. So the creativity is what's going to have to break through the noise. Yeah. And how are you going to get in touch with them? Like the social ABM campaigns is genius. And nobody, and I don't want, and we're, we're going to claim our stake on social ABM. Me and you, Garrett, we're going to yeah. claim our stake on this, man. Nobody's talking about social ABM. And yeah. for those who are listening, what social ABM is, ABM campaigns are account-based marketing. So it's essentially us doing specific actions in order to get traction within a, a account, whether it's Coca-Cola, Delta, whatever big brand that has thousands of employees and you need visibility, right? So usually you send those emails out, you click the link, whatever the case may be, they see more about your company and then it starts conversations, right? On social, we do a thing called Monday Moments in Marketing History, right? So two weeks ago, I put out a post about Bill Browman, I, I can't remember the name, right? But he was the co-founder of Nike. He came out with a best-selling book that told people the benefits of jogging. And it was called Jogging. It was a New York Times bestseller. had a million copies sold. A year later, they sell jogging shoes. And why is that important? Because it's content marketing. I have the audience. I have the people. I have the, the affinity to me. They trust me. So they're going to buy my product, right? And that's what we were doing. And the thing is, in social ABM, I tag Nike. And the way the LinkedIn algorithm works, if one employee from Nike likes that post, the rest of the organization sees the post, right? Mm -hmm. So now if I'm non-salesy and I'm doing something big enough, the company showing their, their smarts, right? I'm big enough, the marketing team, you guys get it. This is what's going on. You start the conversation and it's authentic. They don't see the sale coming. Yeah. They don't see the sale coming. And that's what social ABM campaigns are. Getting in touch with a brand, getting visibility, getting them to like it, and then starting the sales conversations. People are not doing that, guys, because a lot of people don't understand the algorithm. 
when you like a post, this is why I thank you guys for every like. Because if you like my post, your whole network sees me. And I'm forever grateful for that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, and, and it makes sense too, because it's like with with marketing, there's been this whole movement the last few years about, and and it can get a little wishy washy, but the whole idea of storytelling, right? The whole exactly. idea of telling a story, you know, identifying the hero. The customer always wants to be the hero, but it's like in these moments where you're pointing out a brand that's killing it, and you know, like you know, one of their employees is like, yeah, you know, I'm the hero. I'm I'm I contributed to that campaign. I contribute exactly. to that product. Like, exactly. I appreciate that I feel seen because there's so many people who are, you know, even, even in the marketing world or, you know, cause we, we work with marketers, right? Like a yep. lot of them for the most part, like SEO and, and brand marketers and CMOs and all that. It's like, as a market, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I do appreciate validation. It's nice to be seen because Absolutely. the other thing to your point about the, the algorithm is, a lot of times what you think is going to work doesn't work. Yep. And what you think is there's no ch chance in hell that this is going to work. That's what works. And, yep. and, it, and it's so frustrating, but at the same time, and don't get me wrong, like there's very much a science to a lot of marketing Absolutely. and yet we'll still find ourselves like, thinking, you know, it's, it's the world is a complicated place. Every time you think an experiment is going to go a certain way and it goes the opposite way, like th that's just how the world works. But that's, that's yep. to your point, trial and error. That's why we try exactly. these things. And it's fun. It's fun to see like things like catch on and, you know, all of yep. a sudden you have 30,000 views and you're just like, well, damn, I didn't expect that, but that's nice. That's pretty cool. It, it, all, all of that matters, man. And that, that's like the, the, the part of it, right? Like it's trial and error. We have to, you know, we have to do different things. We can't do the same things and expect different results, guys. Right? It's right. twenty. It's 2022. I mean, 2021. About to be 2022. <laughs> She's right? from the future. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm already thinking about it, right? But, but guys, think about it. And, I, and I'm not saying this in the most humblest way possible, right? Guys, if you guys are doing sales in 2021, you have to do it differently, right? Because I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I'm, I'm probably going to get killed for this, right? I don't send many cold emails. I don't send cold emails. I very rarely send it. I know Mike's probably like, Ugh. but I'm like, I'm sorry, but, but that's just what it is. And it's because of branding. Because of branding, obviously, it's hard to scale it. I don't know when somebody's going to reach out and all that other stuff. But when somebody reaches out to me and you send that cold email, they're going to come to me. I'm going to be top of mind because I'm out there. I'm helping people genuinely. Not everything is a sale, guys. Not everything is a sales it's about who, you know, who's willing to put me in a room, who's going to be my champion, right? Who's going to do that for me, right? When, when a quote, when a quarter is bad and you need to hit your quota, who the hell can you reach out to? And if you don't have anybody on standby that can potentially do that, you're going to be going through a vicious cycle in sales. And that's why it's 77% churn in our industry, in our vertical in sales. That's why the churn is like that. So guys, there's only 2% of people doing what we do. There's not too many salespeople leveraging this stuff. And I'm telling you guys, in the next two years, when it gets here fully and implemented in day-to-day -day sales strategies, you're going to wish you started today. It's, it's really interesting because we see this a lot in marketing of the idea of like professional personal branding, yeah. you know, of, of getting yourself out there as a marketer and especially in the agency world, right? Sure. Like you're going to conferences, you're giving yeah. speeches, you, you have this presence, people, you have a big following on Twitter. I guess you're, you're saying is like you see sales very much going in the same direction where it's like whether mm -hmm. it's a future job or like how you represent a company, having that 
personal brand is ultimately going to be what differentiates you from like any other just that's, like normal that's the thing man I, I've, I've had conversations um with, with companies that we we're grateful enough to do business with right now right that somebody liked a post didn't like my post for two years um been following me for two years and then reached out when they had budget and was like hey i would love to work with you and it was because of content. We didn't know each other from a hole in the wall, but it was the fact that you see me every day. You've listened to my stuff. You felt so comfortable. And then by the time me and you actually get on the phone, if you've been watching me for two years, it's like, holy crap, we're here. And it's like, it's nothing special, but it's that connection. All right. And that's what you really need, guys. That's what you need for sales. If I got a tight budget, I only got 60K and I can only throw it to one person. I'm going to throw it to the person I trust the most. Not you, Johnny Salesman, who sends me a cold email and you thinking the timing is everything. It's not because you're going to have to prove yourself when you get on that phone. When I get on the phone, I just have to smile. And requires it requires a certain amount of self-awareness too, right? You have to it's be like, real with yourself. Yeah. And, and, and it's really hard to get a sense sometimes, especially in the internet when there's no audience, you don't know, like they don't, you don't have all the feedback when you're putting stuff out on LinkedIn other than, yep. you know, yep. the likes is like, is your stuff resonating? Are you coming off? as the type of person that people would want to work with that's that's a that's a great point that's a great point because that's the something i struggle with right because me if i wanted to just talk about seo 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 i could do that all day and i'd probably be a big influencer but that's not myself that's not authentic like i don't want to be the biggest seo person i just want to be somebody in the industry who's appreciated for his transparency and his insights that's it, whether it's about life, whether it's about marketing, whether it's about sales, LinkedIn, whatever. So I'm not targeting one specific audience, right? One day I might wake up and wanna say, hey, how I got into sales. And that was one of my best posts, right? I worked at Starbucks, I was 20 years old. I had my kid, I'm like, holy crap, I need to grow up. And then I'm doing shit. Next thing you know, I slid in the door of a sales company and I was the top guy for eight straight quarters, right? That was my mm -hmm. story. But if I didn't tell that, people wouldn't know about me. If I was talking about SEO, you wouldn't know that about me. It wouldn't be that personal connection. So you just have to tell your story. You have to be out there. What feels right to you? What you experienced? What didn't you like at that company that fired you three years ago? What the hell did you go through? These are conversations that need to be had on that scale or on the platform that's open and public. That's the only way we change things. Yep. And that's that's what separates me from like a somebody who does it really well. Look at Chris Walker. He's the beast. He's mm -hmm. a beast. He talks about demand gen and only demand gen. You will not see him post kids pictures of his kids. You won't see family pictures. It's very straight on. Same thing with Dave Gerhardt. Like I love those dudes, but I just can't do that. I, I want to take that approach, but I can't. I've got to be myself. So you got to do what works for you. Take a little bit from them. Take a little bit from me. Take a little bit from you, G. And, and you got to make your own gumbo. You have to make your own sauce. And hopefully the people will gravitate to it. But the more you do it, man, I can't tell you enough how many times I get a DM and be like, man, you're killing it. You're crushing it. I'm not really crushing it. I'm just putting a video out. Well, it's, it's interesting <laughs> it's to me too. Well, but you're, you're in sales. It's like, you like the two guys, like, you know, uh, Chris Walker's a CEO, right? Yeah. Like Dave, Dave's a CMO, a CMO. like yeah. marketing, run, like running a company, you have this responsibility. Like you rep the company that a lot of times when agencies or a lot of companies are getting started, it's on the reputation of their founder of their CEOs. Yeah. You know, then you have these marketers come out like myself, you know, my last company, I, I did the podcast. I feel like we're seeing more like account executives and sales folks like mm -hmm. running podcasts and being like a face out there, but I feel like it's still new, right? It's, it's like, definitely new because there's not enough investment from the organizations to the sales executive. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. not like, and that's something that, that should change, right? Like brands should be 
why would you spend money on a conference and this and the third when you could build up your own person to be hosted or invited to those conferences? That's more brand mm -hmm. exposure. Why would you pay for a sponsorship to have your big logo on there if you could get Jared and Garrett to go talk at the place? Can you scale though? So like I, how would you approach like, so it's interesting to think about, you know, the larger the company you are, does, would you just do like the highest level of your sales team having these opportunities or would you, are there other creative ways or is it just being everybody, on LinkedIn? Everybody has just to do it. Gong Gong yeah. is a great example of that. Okay. The SDRs have a brand. Yeah. The really? SDRs, How's that work? Oh my goodness. They all post. And, it, and it's from the top down from Udi, shout out to Udi, who's the CMO, man, good dude. So like he starts, he posts, he builds his brand. Then you'll see the account manager. Then you'll see product and dev team. Then you'll see the SDRs. You see the account executives. You see the product marketing manager. I'm like, holy crap. And they all have the same messaging and it's all mm -hmm. very similar. I don't know if they have a playbook for it, but they run it, 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 it seamlessly. It's just like, it's a machine. And I, I got so much, you know, respect for those guys. But now look at the brand affinity they have now. They're about to go public. Their sales are only increasing. Why? Because every time you go on LinkedIn, you're seeing Gong. And if you don't know them, you're going to go check them at least once to see what the hell they do. And you know what's really cool? They got a really cool product. Yep. So imagine if you do that at an agency. We do that at an agency where it's 20 of us, right? And now all 20 of us are sitting there building our brand. We're all getting 2,000 views a day. That's 24,000 views or whatever. You know what I mean? 40,000 views of people who didn't know your brand prior, previously, right? And all that is is an extra touch point for you to talk and have a conversation. You have a conversation, it could lead to a sale. We are all in sales. Yeah, and I I love your mention too of like how Gong like built affinity and and the use yeah. of that word. I'm yeah. really curious how how you look at salespeople and the affinity of a brand, like how those two kind of work together to make you more effective. Yeah, it's uh, I think the affinity thing is uh, it's got to be genuine, right? Like, so one mm -hmm. thing I will say about LinkedIn, you can't force to do it. You can't have a playbook. You have to want to do it. You have to want to interact. You have to want to be a part of the community if you really want to grow this thing. But as far mm -hmm. as affinity, it's like, look at look at our use case, right? Like, if you don't know me from a hole in the wall, you're going to say, like, damn, Jared really loves that company. If Jared really loves that company, that's got to be a really cool company. And if it's a really cool company, I might want to work there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. So that's how it all plays together. And if it's a really cool company, if he really likes his people, he's really bigging his people up. Oh, they got a shout out from this one or they did this one. And from a podcast perspective, if you're looking at who we've gotten on the podcast, a Detavio, James Lindsay, you're going to think, how the hell did they get these guys? And if they get these guys, they must be cool. Yeah. They yeah. must be doing something. They must know their stuff. Right. And that's where the brand affinity comes in, because you're seeing it from the ground level. Like people who've been watching Rankin from day one know I had some green headphones on. I had no microphone. It was just like really grainy. It looked shitty. It was just terrible. But you stuck with it and you see the growth and progression. You see the journey. Yep. That's yeah, yeah, and the conversations the ultimately, exactly. right? Like it's exactly. it's like the, the there are these organic conversations that come with all of these guests, and everyone has this really interesting, unique perspective. Like especially coming out of the pandemic, where it's like yeah. it's this shared, unified experience where everyone like went through something similar, and I think everybody yeah. really reflected on what was important to them, and you know yeah. how like what professional life is like what do you think going for are you ever going to be able to 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 work in an office or, or are you like remote forever <laughs> I, man I, I like the hustle and bustle i like to go on one day maybe like on a friday we do a stand-up or something like that i'm cool with that we get some beers after but besides that man I, i'm i'm in such a routine and a groove in the house now it's like i can't even 
I can't stop yeah. it. I love waking up and just going to work and showing some basketball shorts. Like I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like I love well, I'm that. I'm curious too. Like because like with clients, I know in the agency world, you know, being able to meet face to face with clients is like so key. Like is I can't tell if that's changing or not yet. Like if you it's need the face to face or it's stronger with digital, I, we could yeah. zoom and do the same thing. We could just yeah. get there and we could talk. We could shoot the shit. Whatever is the case may be, like, but that that's why uh, the good thing about the pandemic accelerated the need for digital across everything, right? When you look at mm-hmm. interviews, they're all like this format right now. It's a we're accustomed to it right now. If the pandemic didn't happen, that might have been five, six, seven years out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, in sales and marketing, I mean, now, like, in terms of the talent pool, in terms of like working with the people who are who are investing in LinkedIn, who enjoy it, you know, they might yep. be on the other side of the country where before you weren't going to hire them. And now it's like, you know, now, like I wouldn't be working at Apple rank if you guys only hired in New York. Cause I'm based in DC, you know, outside. Exactly. Of DC, so. yep, Represent. Now, I know, right? 90s bulls. <laughs> now, but you, you hit the head, you hit the net. But what, what do you think? I'm curious. Cause you heard my, my suggestion on where I think the sales and market is going to be headed in the next couple of years. Like, do you think it's going to be basically mostly on social and influencer marketing? Like, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Some things that, marketers should be preparing themselves for as we move forward. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's interesting because there are like these two routes that you can go in marketing and it's always an interesting conversation, which is whether you specialize in one specific type of marketing because yeah. you're really good at it and it's like, you know, like throwing the spear. It's almost like, you know, trying to attract agency prospects. It's like that very specific skill set yeah. versus generalizing and trying to be everything to everyone. I could see that even going further where it's like, Mm -hmm. there's more and more overlap between marketing and sales where marketing are doing more sales roles and sales are doing more marketing roles. Like we were discussing. It's tricky to figure out. I guess it really depends on the needs of the company and what your resources are. Like my experience has been working with smaller startups where in the marketer, realm you're you're expected to do everything and yeah, if yeah. there's not someone to do that you figure it out and you do the best you can roll up the sleeves yeah and i i think that's that's the case i think the nice thing is with technology to your point and the acceleration of the pandemic is there are more and more tools available yeah. that allow you to be that person so i i it, it's a luxury to work with specialists, yeah, you yeah. know, like to, to be able to, and, and maybe that's like part of the gig economy as well. Yeah. Like you see, there's always this balance of like whether more and more businesses are going to benefit from working with agencies or hiring, you know, freelancers in the gig economy who specialize in something yeah. or bring it all in house. I feel like it always goes back and forth. Always, always. But I, I think, I do like the specialist aspect, but I also like the jack of all trades thing, right? At the end of the day, like, um, it, it's funny, right? When I, before I came to iPool ranking, like my sales gigs, like I used to get the question all the time. Why are you only here for a short time, right? Why are you only here for a year? Why are you only here for nine months? Why are you only here for a year? Whatever the case may be. Now I'm at a point, right? If I didn't do those jobs and if I was a specialist and stayed at a SaaS platform for five years, it's no way in hell I would be as good as I am in this role right now because I know so many different things about marketing that if the conversation happens, I can adapt, I can shift and pivot very quickly, right? So that's like the the crazy thing. And I think for marketers, I think one, I think organizations should be incentivizing marketers to do more sales. I think Mm -hmm. that's key, 
right? So if you're going to be sending out cold emails and doing all that stuff to help sales get more in touch, if you're going to be building those relationships, that shit cost. Branding cost, right? So if you're going to be waving the flag and doing all that stuff, those things cost, right? Because your damn sure would pay an ad for PPC and all this other stuff to get an ad. But if a, a person within your organization can drive more demand than that ad, then you should pay that person accordingly, right? I think right. that's something that should be accepted same thing with sales, same thing across the board, right? Train your team to be the face. You don't want to be the face. You want to be able to step back and handle and delineate other tasks to other people so you can do what you need to do to further the company. And I think yeah. the brand, people need, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be the janitor, build your brand. I don't care what, what it is, what it is. I don't care what you're doing, build your brand. And this is for every industry. You don't have to be in sales. You don't have to be in marketing. This could be music. You need an audience. You yeah. need an audience and this levels the playing field, social levels, it balances the scales of power, right? Yeah. No more, you'd be the, the guy who nobody cares about. Don't and I, I like what you were saying too about like like organizing it as a skill set. Like there's so many skill sets that you just need no matter what like role you're in. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you need to be adaptable. You need to know how to not only use technology, but learn to use new technologies. Like whenever you're sure. you're looking at a different job, like every there there are so many different tools out there yeah. that chances are you you may not even know the tool that the new business uses. So, you know, we do this at iPull Right too. I love how much we focus on our onboarding yeah. and you know bringing on like training of like. We're, we're all using like like ClickUp recently. We, we've yeah. brought that on and everyone's learning it together and helping each other. I think these are important skill sets to help you more effectively do your job, making sure that, you know, you are self-organized, you are being effective with the time spent. Um, you're making the most of the time spent because it's there's so many different things you could be doing. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head, man. And I didn't realize we, we went over like this. Damn, I was in having fun. I could, dude, I could talk to you. I mean, like, th this isn't a four hour special season three opener yeah, man, episode. Man, I, I got five more. You want to do five more minutes, man? Because I don't want to stop. I got five more, man. I'll go as long as you can, man. All right, let's do the five more minutes, man. So, all right. So, we've got we've got the, the where marketing, the collaboration of sales and marketing. I'm trying to think what else can we talk about right no, now? No, we, we got everything, but you've got, a, you've got a crazy good season coming up. You've got some really Really exciting guest. I, I know everyone's Absolutely. been messing you and like waiting for you to come back. So like I'm excited, you know, to because I know I know who's coming. So yeah, yeah no, shout out to, to every every guest, man. Shout out to you know, we got Paul next week. Um Paul uh Diavera. I don't know if you guys know him, but he runs the SEO podcast show and is one of the best run podcasts I've seen in my life. I'll tell you that right now. Paul, I mean Dre, you've got the you got the crown, bro. <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm humbled to have you on, man. Um, he's a one-man production crew. He does everything from the outlining to the, the filming, the editing, man. He's just an amazing person to have. And I can't wait to have him next week to tell us and walk us through what are the benefits he's seen and how do he set up his things. I, I, I'm on a dinner table right now. <laughs> he's, he's set up. Man. He's got the cameras rotating around him. It's so it's so amazing, man. He's such a good, good dude, man. Good down to earth brother. So we also got Eli Schwartz coming up. We've got um, we've got our own in-house team, our content part. We got Alexandra, director of content strategy. We're gonna talk about, you know, how do we look at content here? What is content engineering? How do you optimize content? What you should be 
uh, aligning your keywords and your audience and your content for your audience. We're going to talk about all those things, guys. So, and we're going to have some special guests coming up soon. So it's going to be, you know, we're going to just pop in with a few, few of the big names too. You know how we do guys. So, you know, as much love as always, man, you're going to see more of me and Garrett and, you know, me and Garrett making it happen. Don't be surprised if you see a Garrett and Jared floating on your LinkedIn. <laughs> Don't be surprised. Well, we got to do that. We got to do like a live stream where you and I are just like chilling out, talking, having conversations with like the good people. Cause it's like, you have a lot of great friends, friends that you've made on, on the network. So Come and hang out. Let's do it. We would love to, man. Let's just do it. Let's make it happen, man. And uh, guys, anybody who's listening to watching, thank you guys so much for the love and support, man. We we here at iPool Rank, we really appreciate it. We can't tell you how much it means to us that you're that you're sticking with us, even if it's four right now, man. We had a thousand views on the show with Anton. It, it's just incredible. You know, it's incredible, guys. So thank you for all the support. Thank you for the love. Shout us out in the DMs on LinkedIn, man. Feel free to connect. You know, if you want to grab a beer on a Zoom, man, let us know, man. We're here to connect. We're here to have fun. We're here to help each other and win, man. Let's get this money and uh, let's make it happen. So Garrett, man, much love as always, man. I'm happy to have you, man. I know what you're going to do for this season. I know what you're going to do for the company. So I'm excited, brother. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Jared. This is, I mean, it's a privilege. It's it's awesome to be here. And, and I... Sorry, sorry, guys. I, I'm lucky. I just get to talk to this guy all the time, anyway. So you know, every day feels like a podcast. Which way are we going? So, no, but thank you. I appreciate it. Happy to kick off season three. This is awesome. Thanks again, brother. So, thank you again, guys, for attending Rankable episode 46. We love you guys, man, and we'll see you next week uh, for episode 47. Peace out and enjoy your week, guys.